0: Section seventy-two of Heimskringla, by Snorri Sturlason, translated by George Pope Morris and Irauer Magnuson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The story of Hakon Shoulder Broad, Part One, Chapter One through Ten. Chapter One: The Beginnings of Hakon Shoulder Broad hakon the son of king sigurd was taken for head of the flock which had erst followed king eystein and the flockmen gave him the king's name then was he of ten winters there were then with him these sigurd the son of hallward freeholder of raer and andreas and onun the sons of simon and foster-brothers of hakon and many other chieftains and friends of kings eystein and sigurd they fared first up into goutland king ingi cast his owning over all that which they had in norway and made them outlaws king ingi fared north into Wick and dwelt there but whiles north in the land gregory sat at king's rock in the way of the peril and warded the land there chapter two of gregory day's son next summer hakon and his came down from goutland and came to king's rock and had a right mickle host and fair gregory was as then in the town and called together a thronged thing of bonders and bymen and craved aid of them he deemed the men gave little cheer to this and gave out that he trusted them ill so he fared away with two ships into the wick and was all unglad he was minded to go and meet king ingi for he had heard that king ingi fared with a mickle host from the north round the wick but when gregory was gone but a short way towards the north he came upon Simon sheath and haldor the son of berniof and gurd the son of amundi king ingi's foster-brother gregory was much fain of them and he turned back and all they together and had eleven ships but when they rode into king's rock hakon and his were holding a thing outside the town and saw their faring then said sigurd of Rare: now is gregory fay since he fareth into our hands with few folk gregory laid to land right before the town and would abide king ingi for he was to be looked for yet he came not king hakon got ready in the town and let thorliot brushskall be at the head of that host which was aboard the merchant ships that floated off the town he was a viking and a robber but hakon and sigurd and the main host was in the town and drew up on the bridges all men there had gone under hakon chapter three the flight of king hakon gregory and his rode up along the river and let the ships drift down the stream upon thorliot and his for a while they shot at each other until thorliot sprang overboard and his fellows and some were slain but others some came aland then gregory and his rode to the bridges and straightway gregory let shoot up bridges from his ship under the feet of hakon's men then fell the man who bore his banner whom he told off for going up then gregory bade hall the son of audun the son of hall to take up the banner and he did so and carried the banner up on to the bridges but gregory went up straightway after him and shoved forth a shield over his head but forthwith when gregory came upon the bridges and hakon's men knew him they fell back and gave way on either side but when more of the host came up from the ships gregory and his men sought forward and hakon's men at first shrank aback and then ran away up into the town but gregory and his men followed them up and drave them twice out of the town and slew many no faring was more valiant than this by the speech of men which gregory fared whereas hakon had more than forty hundreds of men and gregory not full four hundreds then spake gregory to hall son of audun after the battle many men do i find lither in onset than you icelanders for ye are more on want than we norway men but no men do i find more weapon bold then ye be then a little later king ingi came in and let slay many men who had taken to hakon some he let pay fines but for some he burned the steads. but others some he drove out of the land and did to them much ill hakon fled away up into goutland but the next winter he went over land north into thrandheim and came there before easter and the thran folk took him for king to his father's heritage one-third of norway to wit against king ingi ingi and gregory were in the wick and gregory would fare north and set upon them but many let it and that winter it came to naught chapter four the slaying of Gerd and howard hakon fared from the north in the spring and had well nigh thirty ships the wick folk out of hakon's host fared before with eight ships and harried in both meres no man called to mind that there had ever been any harrying between the two cheapings john son of Halkel hunch gathered a bonder host and set upon them and took Colbine the wood and slew every man's child aboard his ship then he went in search of the others and came upon them with their seven ships and they fought but Halkel, his father did not go to meet him as had been bespoken between them there fell a many of good bonders and he was wounded himself hakon fared south to Bjorgvin with his band and when they came to Stiornvelta, they heard that king ingi had already come from the east a few nights before he and gregory to Bjorgvin so they durst not hold on thitherward they sailed past Bjorgvin by the outer way and came upon some of king ingi's following on three ships which had been belated from the east there was gurd the son of amundi king ingi's foster-brother he had for wife girid the sister of gregory another was gurd the lawman son of gunnhild the third was howard butterbred hakon let slay gurd the son of amundi as well as howard Butterbread, but gird the lawman he had with him and fared east into the wick chapter five of counsels but when king ingi heard that he went east after them and they met east in the elf king ingi put into the river up along the northernmost branch and made spying before him about hakon and his but king ingi laid to land out by hissing and there abode the spies but when they came back they went to the king and said they had seen king hakon's host and all the arrael thereof said that they were lying up by the stakes and had moored their sterns to the stakes they have two east faring keels and have laid them outermost of all the ships on these keels are masthead castles and castles withal in the prow of both but when the king heard that what arrael they had he let blow all his host to a husting but when the thing was called and set then sought the king reed of his host and calls thereto on gregory day son and Erling askew his brother-in-law and other landed men and captains of ships and tells them all the array of hakon's men gregory answered first and made his will clear and said the meeting of hakon and me has befallen sundry times and they have oftenest had the more host and yet had the lesser part in our dealings but now have we by far the greater host and it will now seem likely to those who lately have missed noble kinsmen from them that here will vengeance bear up well whereas they have long been drifting about before us this summer and we have often spoken that if they would but abide us as now it is said they have done then would we venture on a meeting with them now that have i to say of my mind that i will pitch the battle against them if that be not against the king's will for that i am yet minded to think as hath been before that they will now have to give way if we set upon them keenly and i shall take upon me the onset there where other men deem it hardest at the word of gregory was Michael cheer and all men gave out they were ready to give battle to hakon and his then all the ships were rowed up along the river until each side saw the other then king ingi and his sidled out of the river stream up under the island then the king had talked with all his captains and bade them array for onset and charged erling askew therewith saying as was sooth that there was not a wiser man nor keener in battle in that host though some might be more heady than he and the king turned his speech to yet more landed men and named some by name but so closed he his speech that he bade each to set forth what he saw would avail in rede, and after that to be all at one chapter six the answer and counsel of erling askew erling askew answered the speech of the king bound am i o king not to be silent at thy speech and if thou wilt wot what my counsel will be then shall i let thee hear it the plan which now has been set is straight contrary to my mind for i call this a sheer peril to fight with them as things now stand though we have an host mickle and fair if we shall give them the onfall and row against this river-stream whereas there are three men in each half-room there will be one to row and the second to shield him what then beyond one-third of our host is left for doing the fighting it seems to me unfightful will they do in the battle who are at the oars and turn their backs toward our unfriends give me leisure for taking counsel but i promise in return that i shall find a reed before three days be worn whereby easier we may bring about an onset on them in an Erling speech it was much found that he leded the onset but no less there were many who egged the onset and said that hakon and his would now run ashore once again as before and so we get nothing of them they said but now they have but a scanty company and we have all their reed in our hand gregory spake but few words on the matter but made such taunt as seemed to say that erling's chief reason went much hereto in letting the onset that he would undo the reed which gregory had set forth rather than that he knew how to see more clearly through this matter than all others chapter seven of king hakon's host then king ingi spake to erling brother-in-law said he now will we follow out thy counsel as to how the onset shall be arrayed but since the captains will rather have it so we shall fall upon them even to-day then said erling all cutters and light craft shall row out round the island and then up the eastern outlet and thus come down upon them and try to loose them from the stakes but then we shall row in upon them in the big ships and it is not known till it be tried whether they the captains shall make by as much a better onset than i as they be wilder for it this reed was well liking to all a certain ness stretched out between the host of king ingi and hakon and neither saw the other's ships but when the host of the cutters came rowing down the river that saw hakon and his folk but before they had been at a talking for doing their read some guessed that king ingi and his would fall on but many were minded to think that they would not brave it seeing that the onfall seemed to be much tarried but they trusted well in their array and their host in their flock there were many great men there was sigurd of Rayer, and the two sons of simon there too was nicholas the son of Skialdor, and eindred the son of john Swet-Neb, who was the most renowned and best befriended man in the folklands of frandheim and many other landed men and captains of companies were there now when they saw that the men of ingi came rowing down along the river with many ships hakon and his thought that ingi with his host was minded to flee and so hewed the moorings of their vessels and fell to their oars and rowed after them and would drive them the ships drove fast down before the stream and as they bore down along the river past the ness which before was betwixt them they saw that the main host of ingi lay down by the island of hissing ingi's fellows saw where fared the ships of hakon and deemed that they would fall on so there arose a great bustle and clatter of weapons and eggings on and therewithal they broke out into the war-whoop but thereat hakon and his turned their ships towards the northern shore where there was a certain sheltering creek and thus they get out of the stream there they arrayed them and bore stern moorings ashore and turned outwards the prows of all their ships and lashed all the ships together and let the east faring hulks lie out away from the other ships one up above the other nether and lashed them to the long ships but in the midst of the fleet lay the king's ship and next to it sigurd's ship and on the other board of the king's ship lay Nicholas, and next to him Eindrid, the son of John. All the smaller ships lay out water. They had loaded well nigh all their ships with stones and weapons. Chapter eight: The Speech of Sigurd of Rayer. Sigurd of Rayer spoke and said, It is now to be looked for that the meeting between us and King Ingi, which has been long promised this summer, will now come to pass now we have been making ready for it much long and many of our fellows have blustered greatly that they would not flee nor falter before king ingi or gregory and it is now well to call such words to mind but we may with less assurance speak hereof whereas erst we have got somewhat toothsore sore in our dealings for it is so even as every one hath heard that much oft we have fared floundering before them none the less we are now bound to meet them at our manliest and to withstand them at our fastest for only that way out have we forgetting of the victory now although we have an host somewhat fewer than they yet may weird rule it which shall have the gain and that is the best hope in our case that god wotteth that we have right on our side ingi has already hewn down his two brethren and no man is so blind as not to see what father booting is minded for king hakon to wit to hew him down as his other kinsmen and that will be seen to-day from the beginning hakon craved no more of norway than the ridding his father had had and that was gained said him but in my esteem hakon hath a better title to inheritance after eystein his father's brother than ingi or simon sheath or any others of the men who reft king eystein of his life many a one would so look to it who would save his soul and had such like big ill deeds on his hands as has ingi that he would not dare before god to be called by a king's name and that i wonder that god foleth of him that overboldness and that will be god's will that we hurl him down fight we boldly then for god will give us the victory but if we fall god will reward us with manifold joy therefore if he lend power to evil men to overcome us let men fare steadily and falter not if battle befall let each one heed himself and those of his company and god all of us good cheer was given to the speech of sigurd and all well behight to do their best king hakon went aboard one of the east-faring hulks and there was set a shieldberg about him but his banner was on the long ship whereon he had been hitherto chapter nine of the men of king ingi now we have to tell of the men of king ingi how when they saw that those of hakon arrayed them for battle and but the river was between them they sent a swift faring craft out after their host which had rowed away bidding them to turn back and the king with the rest of his host abode them and arrayed them for the onset spake the captains and told to the host their forecast firstly which of the ships should lie nearest and then where each one should fall on gregory said we have a great host and a goodly now it is my counsel that thou king be not in the onset for then is all heated when thou art heated and none wotteth where a mis arrow may stray they have such array that from out of the masthead castles will be cast stones and shot and that is but little less risk to them who be farther they have got no more folk than what is handy for us landed men to hold battle withal i shall lay my ship against that ship of theirs which is most and i ween still that it will be but a short trial to fight with them so oftest it has been at our meetings although another way have been the odds than now twas well liking to all what gregory spake that the king should not himself be in the battle then spake erling Ask you, that reed will i follow that thou king fare not into the battle so meseemeth of their array, that we must needs pay good heed if we get not great man of them and meseemeth it best to bind up all safe as to the reed which we had earlier in the day many spake against that which i readed and said that i had no will to fight but now meseems things have turned about much handier for us seeing that they are already away from the stakes and now things have so come about that naught shall i let giving battle for i see that which all men wot how great the need is to scatter this flock of evil-doers which has fared about all the land with robbery and rifling for men thereafter might dwell in the land in peace and serve one only king and that such a good and right wise one as is king ingi who has already long enough had toil and trouble from the insolence and iniquity of his kinsmen and been the breast before all the all folk and laid himself into manifold risk in giving peace to the land many things erling spake and deftly and yet more headmen besides and it all came down to one place that they all egged the onset they abode the gathering of all their host king ingi then had the beach board and he yielded to the prayer of his friends that he did not go into the battle but lay behind by the island chapter x the beginning of the battle now when the host was ready they fall to the on rowing and both sides set up the war-whoop ingi's men lashed not their ships together and fared on close serried for they had to row right athwart the stream and it much swept the big ships erling you set upon the ship of king hakon and shoved his prow in betwixt it and sigurd's ship and then befell the battle but the ship of gregory was swept aground and heeled over much so at first they gat them not into the onset and when hakon's men saw this they laid to on them and fell on but gregory's ship lay before them then laid there too ivar the son of hakon and the poops of both ships drifted together ivar hooked a grapnel round gregory where he was slenderest and hauled him towards him and gregory swerved out towards the board and the grapnel swept up along the flank of him and ivar was on the very point of hooking him overboard gregory was but little hurt whereas he had a plate burning ivar called to him and said that he was thick-boarded gregory answered and said that ivar was so doing with him that needful was that with nought to spare then things had come to such a pass that gregory and his were at point to go overboard till aslak the young got an anchor aboard their ship and drew them off the ground then gregory set on ivar's ship and they had to do together a long while and gregory's ship was the bigger and more manned fell much folk on ivar's ship but some leaped overboard ivar was much hurt so that he was not fight worthy but when his ship was ridded gregory let Fled him a land and got him off, and ever after they were friends. End of the story of Hakon Shoulder Broad, Part One, Chapter One Through Ten.